You're now tuned in to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 4 of the show, titled Generation Loss. If you have not watched through Season 4, Episode 4, pause this and go catch up. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm, and you can send feedback to westworldfm at gmail.com. Send us corrections, observations, anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. If you enjoy this show or any other show on the Midwest Podcast Network, please consider heading over to mpn.bz slash Patreon or patreon.com slash MidwestPodNet and pledge as little as a dollar a month to make our network even better. Special thanks to Corey Z, Alan K, Tom Z, Jason K, and David O, who have pledged at the level of $10 a month. We very much appreciate your patronage. Uh, corrections department this week, my brother hit us up on discord and we had a fellow named Jonathan write in about the black goo Mm. because Caleb mentioned, Hey, you recognize that black goo in the previous episode? And I was like, where did we see black goo? (laughs) Uh, and John and Jonathan Powell wrote us to say, uh, Jonathan Powell wrote this email to say, hi guys, you were wondering how Caleb recognized the black goo in the lab. It's because in 402, after Maeve shot the fly-infested senator's wife, they observed black goo oozing from her head wound. Love the podcast, Jonathan in the UK. Jonathan, the podcast loves you. Thank you for writing in, and thank you to my brother John for also being more observant than I. You know what's funny is I remember that shot of the ooze coming out of her head. Me too, exactly. Yep, Very, very clearly. Yep. And I was like, that's weird of them to linger on the blood just pooling out of her head like that i didn't think about like the fact that like you know maybe gravity wouldn't work that way or something i don't know but i just was like that's a weird shot to linger on even yeah. for westworld so. i thought the same thing and i had i had the recollection of the black goo from the horse scene mm-hmm. and even as kayla was saying that i just was like huh <laughs> What is that? <laughs> I'm just a li- yeah. <laughs> so it's so weird with the. It's like I I like the show so much, and I I am I am more engaged in the season than I was during season three. I think. Um, mm-hmm. but there are just things that just kind of float by, and I just kind of like go, <laughs> like like they're. <laughs> like they're like fireflies going by and i'm like that's neat i'm sure that i'm sure that'll that'll come back around and like i just don't i don't put the same mental I, I, bandwidth into deciphering what it means or like taking down the notes sometimes i'm just like ah cool 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 see i'm doing that in a lot of places though <laughs> but i think i'm just uh i i think my mind is sufficiently daddled and it's just oh, yes i don't know having the newborn uh, so season, my, I'm not as sharp, I think. Season anyway. three was 2020, right? Like March ish. Yes. 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 It was like, it was, it was earlier in the year than this season. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cause I remember I was kind of in the same headspace, but my daughter was probably about four months old. Yeah. A bit, a bit older, yeah. a bit older, but still tired. And now I'm mm-hmm. on two kids tired. Mm-hmm. My, my younger just turned two months. So it's like a different gear of tired, but also like it's just funny how Westworld seems to be coming around right when there's like a new, new child, new babies. Yeah, yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what season five does to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's all what if it's, wife. Yeah, we'll just... what if it's exponential and you have four children when season five comes out and then Well, you know, that's the thing. So we talked about a little bit of uh a little bit of info. I, I have kind of always been like, I think three kids would be really cool. And uh, depending on when you ask me now, I'm going to either say that's maybe still a possibility or there's absolutely no way. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes. There's better chance of old Bill with rocket boots coming out. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, and that's how it goes. You know, I was, I was on the phone with a, with a buddy earlier and I kind of said that I just like how I was tired and how like last, last night, yesterday, there was, there was a moment where I was like literally getting ready to Google, like, how do I set up my vasectomy appointment? And uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, you can't make those decisions in anger or frustration though. And I was like, no, for sure. I know that. But at any rate, the, the risk we, we run, there are several sets of twins in my wife's family. Mm. So they run in the family. And here's the thing. If we roll the dice on that third, do we end up with a third and a fourth? <laughs> yeah. Do we yes. double? Do we double the children in our household? I uh, joked with Nicole that we were going to have triplets off the bat because we've always <laughs> kind of been like two would be good. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things. That, yeah, you yeah. don't, you just don't know, and you really can't, you can't think about it too much while you're in the early months of your baby's life because your brain is just not right. So mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's. Uh, I'm glad that we got people listening and pointing stuff out. Jonathan's in the UK. You said yes, he is. He cool. Is. Yeah, I think yes. that's cool. So we reached uh, very cool. We reached over to Europe again. We've got some European fans for our other shows, and yes, we do. Um, this one, I hope Jonathan. Uh, it is as we're recording this. It's July nineteenth. I hope you are staying cool over mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. I know you guys mm -hmm. are getting hit with some some Texas heat, and uh, yeah, hang in there. Yeah, stay safe. Mm -hmm. um, Take it easy. Do nothing. I saw this thing earlier that someone said, I don't think people respect that in hot weather countries and cultures, how common literally doing nothing is or like mm -hmm. just lazing about just for survival. Yeah. Like just yeah. chill out, man. Because leaving the house is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it can be. Oh, and I came home from work today. I came in the door and I told my wife, I'm like, you, I think you could probably fry an egg outside mm -hmm. decently. I mean, it, it was hot here today. and I don't think I left the house except to throw something in the... No, I took the dog out. And, uh -huh. uh, and I was like, it is... I took the dog out and it was probably like, I don't know, 4 p.m.? No, it was, like, it was right after she ate. So it was probably like 6.30 or something like that. And I was like, it's fucking miserable outside right oh. now. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I didn't need to leave at all, but <laughs> yeah right, i've been in the habit of leaving the house earlier and earlier uh and when it's one of those days where you go outside at like 7 a.m ish the seven o'clock hour and you're already like hot mm -hmm. just walking to the car then you mm -hmm. know it's gonna be rough yep yep yeah absolutely yeah. it's been hot over here it's been hot in general yes very uh, fitting uh, very fitting for westworld good westworld watching weather Yes, that's true. Speaking of Old Bill and Rocket Boots, uh, we do have we have a season four mid season check in episode that is in the feed. Uh, it did come out uh, early this morning, so if you got this but not that episode and you want to check it out, please go check it out in the feed. 
We had some of our friends, uh, John, my brother, who is a frequent guest on this program, as well as uh, Brian and Erica, who Brian is a regular host on the Midwest Game Nerds, and his girlfriend, Erica, has joined us for several TV show and other types of discussions. Uh, so please give that a listen, and uh, we, we hope to talk with those folks again at the end of this season to see check back in again and see how things went. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, great. With, it was really fun. Uh, yes. I wish we had more time, but yes, they had a lot of insight, and we, the regular hosts of this show, just proceeded to steamroll the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Ho- for, hopefully, with more time for everybody, we could do yes. a little less of that, and yeah. uh, it'll be good. It isn't that awkward part where it's like in between, so we all want to like kind of talk about what we think is going on and how we feel. And honestly, that it ended up being mostly us discussing how we felt about the show thus far, like for the mm-hmm. most part, which I think is really cool actually, because now we're really starting to have a trajectory. We've got like a real kind of graph going about all everything that's happening in the show. And uh, I actually started, I thought the other day to myself, I was like, I should get a, like a piece of paper or a, a Google doc of some sort and actually start like drawing out timelines Mm. and like even just as i'm watching the show i thought it'd be a fun exercise to like plot out what i think the timelines are and then ultimately see what they really are so Mm -hmm. the i'm engaged enough this season to like have the desire to do some sort of extracurricular curricular (laughs) curricular work like that uh in order to enhance the viewing experience but uh, you know we'll see yeah Maybe, maybe for season five we'll see what happens yeah Potentially. So, uh, yes, we should get on with our recap. So no cold open this episode. For some reason, when I turned on the show and the intro just started, I smiled. It's very weird. I don't know why. I think I just like that. There's no, when there's the show doesn't need a cold open to me. For some reason, when I think of a cold open, I think of like a procedural, Mm -hmm. like a sitcom. Or something like that. And so Westworld having cold opens to me has always kind of been like, I don't really need that. It's all the text of the show. Um, I kind of like a cold open hmm. because I like I like a really dramatic opening scene to be punctuated by credits. Like I like True. when something happens and I'm like, because now we're so used to not having commercials when we watch shows that yeah. when the story gets interrupted by something, it kind of makes me go, ugh. You know, for a second. And and yeah. that lets me judge the effectiveness of the opening. But when this one just started, I remember initially thinking, this episode's either going to be really sick or really shitty. Because uh, <laughs> I thought either it's it's light on the runtime or something mm-hmm. because they don't have as much to do. Or I was like, this is going to be like a, a serious one. And ult- yeah, ultimately, it proved to be pretty sweet, I think. Yeah. No, that's interesting. No, you're right. Because there are... Um on the we've spoken frequently at least on the preacher uh podcast about the i've spoken frequently about the breaking bad podcast and the better call Saul podcast and how it is a podcast put on by the people who edit the show and they frequently have the writers actors directors set decorators everybody who's involved in that show on the on on the podcast to talk about the actual creation of the show they always called those stingers in the yeah. beginning. Uh, and so, um, and they did, they always do a very good job of making interesting stingers on both breaking bad and better call Saul. 
in a way that I don't think Westworld has done because oftentimes there was one in the most recent batch of episodes that like you don't even really understand what's going on in the stinger until the final moment and it was very beautifully done um and so i can appreciate them from that standpoint but and and it's not like i don't like the westworld ones that we've had but for some reason for me especially when you get to the hey we've got two different sets of scenes or sequences in this cold open i'm kind of like why is this all before the opening anyway that's kind of my point so anyway i wonder if looking back there is some rhyme and reason to it that have to maybe at the end of the season it'll it'll somebody will say well everything that happened pre-credits was this and it means this in terms of the scope of the story that'd be kind of that'd be pretty clever i'd be into that yeah yeah no it's, uh, I don't know. I guess that's, never mind. I have nothing else to add. All right. We'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. We'll get on with it then. Uh, yeah. first scene, we open on a flashback to the aforementioned lighthouse where Caleb and Maeve destroy the last of her hoboam, but Caleb is injured upon escape. Um, interesting sequence. I think this is kind of meant to be the first Rehoboam. Because I remember seeing flashbacks of Serac and his brother working on Rehoboam, and the mm-hmm. interior is the exact same. Oh. So my my guess is that this is the original, like, OG Rehoboam, mm. uh, and, and it happened to be the last Rehoboam for them to take down. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the sequence. Um but it being the only glimpse that we've gotten of the intervening eight years, I was kind of like, I mean, was this much of a revolution if it was literally just Maeve and Caleb, you know, like palling around and then blowing up Rehoboams and, you know, it's, it's weird. Rehoboams. What's the plural of Rehoboam? The Rehoboam. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. That joke will get me. A thousand, but it's 70, 60% of the time, every time it's just yeah, always good. Anyway, what was the one that Rick made? Re- oh, the bones daddy. The bones that's, daddy yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. I, this sequence left me wanting as well. Just, I guess maybe wanting is the wrong. Fr- yeah, it did. It did because I liked it. I thought it was cool. And it was cool to see this like kind of little strike force. That was the two of them. And I think that Aaron Paul and Tandy Newton have really cool chemistry mm-hmm. i could be miss my memory might be cloudy at this point but i feel like they have better chemistry than he did with evan rachel wood i agree and i think that the idea that they'd been thickest thieves for well here's the question so the revolution happens at the end of season three and then when we pick up now it's eight years later yeah and how old is frankie Frankie's eight years old. It's like se- seven years old. I think right. is what the s- yes. So did so they, they take they- down all the Rahose Boehm in one year? <laughs> Potentially, it seems. I would have it's- way rather they they've been like so. The gap between seasons three and four is actually like fifteen years, and mm-hmm. he and Maeve were running this gorilla thing for you know years, and they were once a team of like. 20 people and now it's whittled down to just the two of them because everybody else has been KIA and it's the last two. And, and I, I just kind of was like, okay, this is the last bastion over Hoboam and there's 
11 people 12, guarding 12, it. 12 guys, yeah. 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 Well, the thing that I will say is that they, they cut the snake off at its head. Serac was like the, the, the Boehm, the Raho of the Boehms. And so he was like at the top of it. They killed him. <laughs> Who else was at Insight really like even running things at that point i guess is the question like they were there they were it was they became an extermination squad right it was not a like an overthrowing the overthrowing happened in the finale of season three when they killed serac and this was just a we need to destroy all rehoboam out there i guess but i agree it feels a little i don't know it feels it it's not that interesting which is maybe why i'm now okay that they didn't show us that much of it yeah (laughs) It, did, it felt like an afterthought. It felt like they were kind of like, maybe we need to shoot this and let's just make it kind of cool. Like I liked the photography of all of it. I liked all the aerial photography. Actually, I actually remember thinking all, all the drone stuff felt really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the parking garage location was weird, but neat. And like there were things about it that I liked, but I thought it just doesn't feel that thoughtful. Even like the CGI explosion was like, very bad the the effects were rough and really several bad. points in this episode even in my yeah, opinion i but, feel like they, yeah. they shot it last minute and they were like oh we need a little more connective tissue here maybe we need to just shoot that real quick and i don't know something it just it it did it didn't quite didn't hit the mark but i yeah. it also i appreciated a lot of stuff about it. i thought excuse me it made me want to see more of caleb and mave being like these soldiers together because I get the impression, and I'm jumping ahead here to kind of the end of this episode, or, or rather, like a good middle point. But I think that that they fell in love to a degree. I think Maeve fell in love with Caleb, and I think he kind of did as well, but maybe not as hard. Um, and I wanted to see more of that develop, or at least even just a little bit, because like maybe it's just because I'm such a fan of the movie. But like when I watched Terminator the first Terminator, and I completely buy into the idea that Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese fall in love, even though they spend mm-hmm. like 28 hours together or something. Like, it just it just works. And I think I could buy into that with these two over the course of like a year. I just want to see a little bit more of that. Yeah, Like, I want to see those late nights where they're doing stakeouts and they're just kind of waiting and, and they're talking and they're getting to, I don't know, get to know each other and get the rapport going a little bit. And I think they're both immensely gifted actors and I think they can do a lot just with their expressions and their eyes and just the way they, they roll together feels very like comfortable and worn in. Um, so the, the actors are, I guess what I'm trying to say is they're doing all the heavy lifting here yeah. and they deserve a lot of credit for it, but it did leave me wanting to see a little bit more of this dynamic, I guess. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but I think I might have more to say on that later if I remember to do so. So we can come back to that point. Okay. Uh, we do see a moment Write where... Write it on your hand right now. Write I don't have any pens or pencils on this uh, desk because right. I can't read my handwriting anyway. But um, <laughs> You'd be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who? What? It's a, it's a Seinfeld episode when he wrote the thing, the stuff down on <laughs> the... joke, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we do see a moment where Maeve hacks into Caleb's drip to like basically force his brain to experience feelings and freedom is, is what uh, she, you know, he, he mentions that he won't, he won't get to feel what freedom feels like. And then she hacks into his system to kind of give him that. And I think that's an interesting implication of the like drips that we had 
barely really explored last season. Um, and so kind of interesting, but they don't really do a ton with it. So, yeah, that was a little confusing. Yeah. But I just was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's not going to um, be that important. <laughs> we can move on back in temperance. Caleb comes to, and Charloris explains her evil plan to spread a parasite through flies and temperance and send the infected humans out as hosts to the rest of the world. Um, pretty straightforward there. Yep. Straight up. We were, we were pretty right on with some of that. Um, and yeah, no, I don't know that I have a whole lot else to say. Uh, this is where she dropped the, I prefer the term host. Tom yes. talking about, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. We mentioned on our, on our mid season check-in, but that felt like something that should have been seen from day one. And I did not think about it for four seasons. <laughs> nope. And it was awesome. Really it was good. very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. It comes right after some dialogue about like, this is the super, super spreader of the century. And you're almost like, well, okay pump the brakes you know we, we got it we're good but then she drops the host line and i'm like all right never mind i'm in i'm okay so that was yeah, good i half expected somebody to say you thought covid was bad or something <laughs> like that like all these so many tv shows and movies now are kind of mentioning it or working it in and i'm just like Oof. yeah no not necessary here at least um yeah, Caleb does learn that his wife and child are still alive because Hale says well, they are for now. But um, yeah, that's about it from that. Hale does um, a lot of like villain monologuing. Yes. And uh, by the end of the episode, she does like one of those classic, very questionable, big, bad decisions that maybe will make sense later. But it's kind of like, why is Caleb here? <laughs> if yes, he could potentially... But- undo some shit <laughs> that's one of my questions that's yeah. one of my questions and i yeah we'll definitely we'll talk about that um in the next scene which is very much part of the same sequence Maeve uses the fly command system to break all the glass walls with sound and caleb manages to get the upper hand over charloris in the fray um yeah may learn there was some interesting dialogue between Maeve and the and, and william uh, she says, you're one of us. He says, there is no us anymore. There's just you, all your friends. They're gone. I took care of them myself. It was almost disappointing how easy it was. Uh, great lines, but also like, I'm wondering what the dividing line is there. What is William saying that there's no, there's no us. It's just you. Yeah. What is the difference between Maeve and William? I mean, William's a human host hybrid, but Dolores is not. Yeah, that's that's what kind of made me wonder as well. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe Maeve was the last remaining oh. true host. Okay, so later on we get the we get the uh, C and her crew talk about outliers. Mm-hmm. So maybe outliers are pure yeah. hosts. Straight Maybe up. there's importance with pure hosts. That's the reason that Maeve is a weapon. Maybe why Christina Dolores is important. Mm-hmm. Maybe why Teddy's important. Interesting. I still don't know for sure that Christina is a Dolores. and Teddy are 
real straight up straight up hosts no i think yeah. i think they're in the world but i don't know we don't know what they are i mean yeah no I, that's the thing i don't know i don't know and i make yeah because the whole extraction team going to get an outlier that happens in that scene with c and the crew is kind of like is leading me to believe maybe that's christina but who knows it could be a head fake it might be something else yeah you know? No, but that that dialogue with William made me kind of be like, why or how are they different? But this is this is why because William is definitely a human host hybrid. Yeah, and you know, yeah, interesting. Um, all right. Anything else with that? I like the term they... fly, "fly command system." Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what else to call it. So she that's just what makes uh, she makes the park play U 2s the fly at full volume and it makes everyone go and all the glass explode. Yes. I liked that. She could put herself, he, she, she, she could mute her own ears. Another superpower yeah. of the host to just yes. turn off your, yeah. your, your listening. Ear system. Muffs. So, yeah. <laughs> Software earmuffs for your body. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess there was one other line where uh, Maeve says, and there I was thinking why it was Dolores' dark side. Uh, very much the show bringing into the fore the fact that this Charloris is the evil Dolores that we all expected. It is easy to forget, for me anyway, that it's Dolores. That, like, mm-hmm. that is like an extension, an evolution of Dolores in there and not Hale. Like, it's hard. I, I keep wanting to say it's like, it's Hale, but. It's not. There's it, it, it being hail makes it easy to know who we're talking about because Dolores could have been so many people, right? But but even just like remembering her yeah. past and like her motivation, it's like yes. I have to remind myself all the time. Like it's not hail; it's Dolores. Like mm-hmm. trying to, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It's it's yeah. so cool. I still think it's so cool that they did that. But it's uh, yeah. Anyway, more on that later too. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Christina overslept after painting an image of a city block with a tower painted in black over top of it all night. Maya wakes her up and recounts a haunting nightmare of her and her parents being overtaken by flies. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in our bonus episode, but yeah, I was completely wrong. You guys were completely right. I, once again, this is my dad old brain was like, oh, I hear her talking about her and her parents. And maybe that's like her living Dolores's loop. No, it wasn't that at all. I, it was it was about the flies. And I apparently was not listening closely. But that, yeah, that she was or is a human who is. Is uh, infected. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it seems as though. Um, there's something. Because of that, there's something uh, the the with the parasite, they have the ability to like block off memories the same way that hosts used to. Kind of, John brought up the great point of like Maya is experiencing reveries, reveries through her nightmares, yeah. Yeah. human version of reveries. Yeah, yes. So, so cool. like, so it sounds like even though the parasite is meant to be more uh, controllable than say insight, as you brought up in our bonus episode. Uh, and Rehoboam, um, it seems as though there still might be some sort of natural pathway for the brain to get you out of the parasite to kind of. Yeah, you know. I think this is what um, 
this is what we were seeing in episode one yeah. with Christina, and she was getting visited by Aaron Stanton or whatever the actor's name is. Pyro from Pyro. X-Men yes. too. Yeah. Yeah, but he's one of these people who is human, was probably a kid, got infected, and um, the stories she is writing are what are getting pumped out and are making them be guided and, and, and manipulated. But his brain, his reveries started kicking in, and he remembers these instances or, you know, was able to see what's going on. And uh, yeah, anyway, pretty yeah. cool now no, that all that's starting to make sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it certainly places Christina in what we think is a real part of the timeline. But yeah, <laughs> what we <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a a good moment where Christina, uh, uh, Maya asked Christina about the painting, and uh, Christina replies, "I don't know. Does it look like anything to you?" and that kind of echo of that mm-hmm. famous line I thought was very nice. So yeah. very interesting. We'll see how that. And something's definitely, out. I know that we keep saying this over and over that like somebody is Maya has been put there to corral Christina mm-hmm. because she, she gets like triggered by something Christina says and you see her kind of go like a switch flipped. And then she's like, you have to come out with me tonight. And like, uh, yes, it's like, it's like visible in the performance that she's like a, a, a certain word has been, some phrase has been uttered and she's like, Oh, I got to the, pro- the programming kicks in. And yeah, yeah. I wonder, no. I wonder if Christina, I mean, we all kind of, well, I shouldn't say we all, uh, I kind of think that she is a host with a Dolores Pearl, uh, one of the, like the original Dolores, but, buried under layers of some kind of conditioning. Um, I wonder if she is living in the world incognito and hidden from Hale. And if by her working at Olympia, is it Olympiad or Olympiad? Olympiad. She's like hiding right under her nose. Mm. Um, And Maya has been, see, I don't know. Cause if Maya is being, under the control controlled of the flies, by the system. It just, it's, it doesn't make, it doesn't add up to me. I don't know. Something, something yeah. funny is going on with it. No, I think uh, there's still part of me that's, um, kind of, uh, thinking it is a Dolores Pearl getting mined for some sort of data, but I yeah. don't know how or why as of yet still, if it could still be, potentially the, the the them looking after the sublime but it seems like they must have gotten that data already if they needed it but i don't know that might come more clear later the other thing that i was kind of almost thinking was like this is total spitball don't know how it would even connect as of yet but there's part of me that's like dolores uploaded herself into rehoboam to destroy rehoboam but Rehoboam was like a big simulation machine for the world. And so what if this Christina and Teddy, cause I'm stuck on this. Why is Teddy there? Yeah. How and why is Teddy there? And Teddy's in two places. He's in Dolores's brain and he's in the sublime. And so I guess the Dolores that is in Hale could create a Teddy if she really wanted to maybe. Yeah. But there's part of me that's like, what if there's a, what if, there's a dormant Rehoboam in San Francisco that is just dead, but it's got the fragments of Dolores in it. 
and she's trying to put herself back together. That'd be cool. And Teddy's part of that. Yeah. And so it's basically like it's it's uh it's what we all hoped the the sequel to Tron Legacy would be, where Sam goes back in to try and pull Kevin back together from the ether, you know? Yeah. Like what if Dolores is trying to actually, you know, manifest herself back into some sort like of consciousness? Yes, yes. So that'd be really I cool. Know. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I'd be I'd be super into that. That's I think that's super spitbally, like I have not moonshot, who knows whatever that even could be, but you know, just an idea out there. I like the theory that John kind of floated out there that when the hosts or when Delos or whatever wins and William had bought the forge or whatever under the dam mm-hmm. that they, they crack into the sublime and they offer all the hosts in there, the opportunity to come out and take their place as the rightful masters yeah. of this new world. In which case maybe Teddy came out and like, was just kind of instructed to start a new life, going to like witness protection essentially. But he eventually just tracks down Dolores, yeah, who he knows is out there for some reason. It just it almost feels like there's a there's a pro human faction of hosts that has mm. existed without Bernard and Stubbs, but who who would be leading it? And like, they put the and, Dolores Pearl into Christina, who is just a new Dolores body. And maybe Maya is a human host hybrid who has human Maya's memories and was put there to help put Christina on the right path to unlocking who she is kind of uh, for, uh, for fidelity, kind of like we see later yeah. in this episode. Um, I don't know. That's also pretty out there i don't know i just uh. i think that no that sounds really <laughs> interesting and cool to me and i think that makes a lot of sense the only thing that the only big question that i have on that is why does Hale allow that to happen right because if they got yeah. that data you know you know she's got to be like <laughs> cherry picking who and what comes out or like how they manifest that's the other thing the the big question here by the end of this episode is like what is this world even what is it well this uh, might be another is it just fucking hail 3d printing the people that she liked the hosts that she liked to give them shit to play around it? like what? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what the dichotomy or is it literally just hail sitting up atop the, the world being like, Hey, yeah, I own the world now. Or is and it even all the of world. the humans? Or is it yeah. just the United States or yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost wonder if there's some kind of Ford, back door in the forge that would allow people people leaked out of to to you yeah, know for the I purposes mean, of well especially if time passes in the forge differently than in the outside world who knows what the hosts who were in there got up to in the ensuing years or millennia or whatever yeah. um I don't know that we could speculate on and on about. It. I'm really ex- even just talking about we're, we're barely into it and I'm just so excited for Sunday. Cause I want to, yeah. uh, I'm excited to watch it. We need more data. We do yeah. give us the data. <laughs> uh, we can move on from that scene. Bernard and Stubbs split up with C and Bernard going after the weapon and Jay and Stubbs heading out to quote unquote, extract an outlier. Uh, this is where the outlier verbiage came from. I like the current theory that maybe those are actual pure hosts 
Um, but we'll see if that's true and what that really ends up meaning. Yeah, like maybe Hale has a hard time finding them. Like she had a hard time finding Maeve for all those years, even though the hunt for Maeve was probably clearly super intense with a lot of resources aimed at it. It took her yeah. all that time until Maeve accidentally tripped up and revealed her, her position. Yeah. Yeah. Who else could be out? William thought that she, that Maeve was the last one, but maybe there's others out there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that. It, Bernard and Stubbs splitting up is sad to me. As we kind of said, they, they work very well together. So hopefully they're not apart for too long. Um, but We'll yeah, have they're to like see turning into goes. R2 and 3PO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't want to see them separated. Uh, I liked uh, Stubbs getting nervous about the... Uh, they're discussing our, our fate, and then uh, Bernard responds to him and says, we live most of the time. <laughs> yeah, so good. I love that, omniscient Bernard. He's so yes, good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, more on, more on that timeline, uh, soon. It is a timeline as we learn in this episode. So we'll get there. I really, I'm, I'm so excited to see what extraction entails because I keep imagining something like the matrix where they're pulling someone Mm. into, out of like a fabricated existence into something real and finding out who they really are. I mean, I, I don't know. There's something about that is I'm really excited to see what, what goes down. Interesting. Yeah. We'll excited. have to see. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited. I was to see very that. tempted to watch the next time on, which I have not done at all this season. Me neither. But, no, this one yeah. I actually I accidentally did. So I <laughs> I was watching it. I wanted to go back and rewatch one scene on my iPad. So I, I pulled way back. I think I wanted to watch the opening credits again, uh, and then I scrubbed the timeline all the way to the end again because I I wanted the episode to like close out so it wouldn't show up and like you know continue yeah. watching or whatever. And I let go of it, and it was uh, it was a behind the scenes featurette for this episode. Yeah, that I did watch, and it was Me really too. really cool. Yeah, I really liked that. And I was like, I had no idea they were they were doing these, and it was uh, it was sweet. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I, I, I want to go back and watch them for the other ones now. I yeah. did the, I pretty much did the same thing as you. I because I I scrubbed through it and I saw an image of um, uh, what's her name, Teresa Cullen. Oh, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when they, when they talk like, about the location of the quarry is like where Ford yeah, they, was. They're using the same Earth mover that they did in that scene where Ford is like reconstructing the park. That that's what inspired them to find the quarry, right? Yeah. To shoot that yep. scene in. And um I I was like, Oh, why is she there? I liked her a lot. And yeah, uh, me too. it was that was good. But um all right, next scene. Charlora's mavens, Caleb, steal a bootlegger truck to hightail it out of temperance and try to get to an extraction point, but not before Caleb takes a knife to the gut. Um, not a ton important here. This is the place where Hale kind of tips to Caleb that Mave is the reason that they're in danger again, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, Caleb, Caleb almost succumbing to the parasite, but then getting stabbed to kind of bring him out of it. Um, interesting. But they sure are beating the shit out of Aaron Paul in this show, yeah. which, uh, you know, yep. he did in Breaking Bad as well. But anyway, uh, any other thoughts there? I just really liked uh, the way that all the passers by on the street were stopping and turning and like kind of following them. 
mm-hmm. was really sweet. It like reminded yeah. me of Invasion of the Body Snatchers or something. It was really cool. It felt like when uh, isn't wasn't there a cheat code in Grand Theft Auto Three where you could give all the all the citizens weapons or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need to look this up now because Sounds that's right. what it kind of reminded. It was it, to me. It was kind of like if you shot a dude on the street in Grand Theft Auto, and then literally everybody else on the street pulled out guns and just started shooting everyone. Mm. You know? Yeah, it sounds sounds like GTA to me. It could have been three or or Vice City. I'm gonna put a marker so I can cut this down a little bit. I wanted to take a look here. Three. That happens right. in Saints Row Four. I think there's times where if stuff gets crazy enough, people just start pulling out guns and like shooting. So there's a there's a code uh, for Grand Theft Auto Three. Pedestrians fight each other with weapons, and so yes, yeah, <laughs> wow. that's exactly that's something that you can make happen with the cheat code. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of Man. was just like you walk through the street and you proc a fight with literally everybody in the street. You know, oh. you could shoot a cop and then you end up fighting the cops in the street. But this just felt like okay, we're, everybody's got guns now and we're all going to kill each other. Uh, that was a so different was, time in in gaming. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We used to, like, pass the controller back and forth. Like, we would each have, like, a turn. Well, so, friend of the show, friend of the network, Gojo, would come to my house, and we would each take a run at trying to get six stars and then steal a tank mm-hmm. and and cause mayhem with the tank in, in Vice City. Is, I mean, we did it in GTA 3 as well, but Vice City was where we spent more of our time. And... It was the ultimate rush, getting that six stars, <laughs> yeah. living long enough to somehow hijack a tank, and then you once you were in the tank, you were pretty much good. Well, then it you was, use the tank to shoot it backwards to yes, gain a to lot go of speed faster. and destroy yep. everything 100%, behind you. Yep. To become Absolutely. a wrecking ball. Yep. Uh, yep. And you we, got on we, that. We all did it. <laughs> yeah. You got on that one, that one little island in Vice City that's like, I think it's to the west side of the map. I might be wrong, but the, it's like the, the one that's almost like a big straightaway. It's like a highway and then it kind of loops around. Um, that was where all the best shit happened. Cause you could get, mm. you, it was like a long straight highway and you could really get a lot of speed going with that tank. And then <laughs> you could cause it to, the tank to go flip. It, it was the best, but yeah, kids Beautiful. today will never understand how much effort that took <laughs> and how, when it was your turn, you might not do it. You might die. You might get mm-hmm. to five stars and then die. And then you got to give up your turn. You got to let the other guy try. And, and yep. these turns could take a while. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it was great. It was great. I still I want good. some kind of Westworld game so bad. I just don't know what shape it would take other than like a Telltale game. Yeah, that was a moment that I was going to bring up too. Uh, Maeve kind of hacking the security camera to distract the gar- guard felt extremely Watchdogs yes. to me. Yep. Uh, which, yeah, kind of very much played to your point of last uh, last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. No, we should keep going because there's a bunch at the end of this episode that yeah, we're going to want to talk yeah. about. Uh, we've got Seize Convoy stops in the Forbidden Lands where Bernard is almost locked on by a patrol drone. Uh, C runs after him to cover him up. And when they hit the ground, Bernard grabs a beetle that seemingly shows him that they're close to the weapon. Uh, not a ton there. I don't understand why the beetles what tips him off. I don't know if you had any thoughts on how that all came together, but no, I thought initially it was because there was going to be something subterranean. Like there mm-hmm. was like a passage of like air or maybe like a food source or something. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I don't know because it's not like the bugs are uh, feeding on any organic material down there. Not that, not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah. It almost like gives him, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird enough that it makes me wonder if we'll get more context on the moment later. I don't know yeah. why, but maybe it's, maybe it's a detail they didn't really elaborate on, but maybe in all of his knowledge of the millions of potential timelines, he knows that if a, if a beetle is present, it means he's close or something. Yeah. Maybe it just is pure happenstance. I don't know. Well, if there's something that Nick and I didn't catch because we are new fathers, please write in westworldfm at gmail.com. We're just because we're dumb dumbs. <laughs> more more on more on that. That'll be like that'll be our, our our extra episodes. It'll be more on like you're a moron. More on that. M- m- more on that. Yeah, that's yes. perfect. That's a good name. I'll cut that out so we can save that for oh, okay. Uh, you put that in your back no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh all right, next scene, Teddy Flood charms the pants off of everyone. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. The Teddy Flood reveal. We all know it's coming. I I, I wish they didn't even show him in that first episode. I wish I didn't know James Marsden was coming back. I wish that they didn't even show him in the first episode, because if he picked up that fucking lipstick and it was just that, <laughs> it would have been insane. Yeah, it would have been. It was still insane, as you noted in your notes uh, on yesterday's little bonus. It, uh, I, you know, you're 100 percent right. Actually, the fact I remember at the end of episode one being happy that they revealed that that was Teddy because I thought, oh, there's going to be some assholes in the silhouette standing around, and we're not going to get to know who this is until episode seven or something yeah, stupid. That's funny. And I remember yeah, thinking, you like, did say that. yeah, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay, we know what's going on. Like we're in, we're in the loop. But now that you say that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, Cause like I, like I said on our episode yesterday when she, and I, 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 I was kind of like thinking Teddy's going to roll around again soon, but I never thought like, Oh, he'll be the date or anything crazy like that. But the second she dropped that lipstick and the hand grabbed it, I like, I literally went, Ooh! <laughs> and then it just cuts to him and, or it just the camera, the camera tilts up to him. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Awesome. And it's just beautiful. I need somebody to take that beat and put it onto that. There's that kind of sort of meme of the video of all the people in like the pub. You know what I'm talking about? Where the, uh, they're all in a, like a pub and there's a big screen. No, have you not I don't seen think this? I've seen this one. Oh I don't think I have. <laughs> it's so funny. You're going to um, need to send me one. Yeah, I'll have to find one. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is, um, is from Miami Vice. So, okay. So there was, I mean, to my knowledge, anyway, there, there was just some video footage that's taken from like a balcony in like a pub, mm-hmm. like a packed pub, bar to wall, wall to wall, packed. And uh, the camera's like looking down and on the left side of the frame is like this big projection screen, screen. behind the bar. And Sports I, I, game is playing. Yes, Somebody I think that, that's what it is. Yep, it's in Everybody England. Everybody goes nuts. Exactly. Yeah. And people have been, and it's got to be kind of challenging because they're mapping the video like <laughs> sideways, but they've been putting other scenes of stuff there. <laughs> And the one I saw was for, so there, there's like kind of a small movement of people that are big, big fans of Michael Mann's Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. And recently there's been a ton about it on Twitter because Michael Mann has kind of actually started talking more about it. And there's a couple uh, notable film critics who have been champions of this movie. And now it's kind of getting reexamined, you know, t- almost 20 years later. And people are like, oh, that movie's actually sick, which it is. Yeah. And um, 
anyway, so someone took this the line, the scene from that where Colin Farrell just says, "I'm a fiend for mojitos," and which is like a one of the big lines from that movie, and, and just this whole pub just erupts and they're throwing <laughs> beers and shit. Anyway. So we need that, that with Teddy Flood. Yes, coming, that's the that's back. the homework. That's the homework. If somebody has the time <sighs> to rip that scene and use After Effects to get it over on the screen, it'll it'll be the funniest shit I've seen in <laughs> forever. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, yes, that might already be on the subreddit. I'll I'll check for you and see. If it it's might. Up there, yeah. But. If not, I'm gonna I'll make it, and I'm just gonna rake in that karma. Rake in the karma. Yeah. It'll be so good. Um. Uh. Teddy uses the same line. Don't mind me just trying to look chivalrous. That was awesome. Um, and the conversation that they have is so fun because Teddy clearly, this is, I, I wrote in my notes here, this has to be the Teddy because there's so, he's got the history of being the bounty hunter. He very knowingly is like, I feel like I've known you lifetimes and all of that. Like it's gotta be him right it's not a copy of teddy it's not somebody's like fake teddy it's not somebody pretending to be teddy it's got to be teddy and um i think so i mean i laughed because i like i just thought and i wrote in my notes teddy shows his hand immediately because he says mm-hmm. like some line and she's like how do you know that or something and he's just like oh yeah and just like laughs his way through it and then you just go oh, okay okay <laughs> teddy <laughs> You know, um, I, I think maybe, but also, I honestly, I have a note that just says this, for me, is on par with Neo and Trinity meeting each other again in Matrix mm, Resurrections. Yeah. And they don't know in that, but they yeah. do. You know, they don't, but they do. And I yes. think that that might be what we're experiencing here. For sure. Yeah. No, because Christina very much, like, she asked him, like, do I know, have, you met, have I met you before? And, you know, and- it's... I think but the thing is th- that I guess this is giving me more like questions of like, why is Teddy being coy about it? You know, it is kind Teddy of, he knows and, and there's, there's, they're do trying so? to do something. Teddy's Teddy. Teddy is aware. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. He's there because there's a Dolores in there somewhere, but why is it hidden? And why isn't he like, Hey, you're Dolores Abernathy. This is who you are. This is what you've done. Blah, 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 blah. There's, there's a reason for it. And I haven't figured out what it is yet. And I'm excited to think about it until we do learn what it is, but it's the, no, there's no doubt in my mind that it's not just like, Oh, Teddy's in this world too. And isn't it cute that these two, two people found each other, even though they don't know. No, this Teddy fucking knows that that's Dolores. I guess you might be right. And, and Teddy, Teddy has had an evolution in the uh, in the years between because original Teddy would not have been so cavalier and mm-hmm. so like uh, kind of charming and like kind of alpha male about it all. Like Teddy was designed. I mean, we know from the the get he was designed to be kind of a kind of a sap. Mm-hmm. Like you were supposed to, if you were a dude coming to Westworld, you were supposed to be able to kill Teddy. Because you're beating the gunslinger, bounty hunter, the good looking, you or know, team up with him even to yes. be like the bromance yeah. of it too. But, but, but ultimately you were supposed to be the one that gets the girl, not him. You're the lead. Yeah. And he was supposed to be kind of killable. And I think that he, he has always kind of played the part, even to Dolores as kind of a, kind of a tag along. Like I kind of said that in our other episode, just uh, by, by happenstance, but 
this feels more like a an in control kind of unlocked Teddy, almost like the alternate universe Wayman from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's like he's more in control and he's more aware of what's going on. And he's like, I'm this is my last rodeo at this, and I'm going to get this shit done. Like he does feel like he's got a little more swagger than before, which is awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, I just thought the I thought the conversation they also had was just very good. Like just very, there were a lot of really, really great lines in there. A lot of really profound lines. And, uh, I loved the, uh, I just loved this a lot, a like, lot of that exchange. It was, it was good metatextual, yes. honestly. Like it felt very knowingly, uh, commenting on what the show has been, you know, the line that he has, he says, well, that's the thing about this world. You know, some of the most unbelievable things turn out to be true. And the things that feel the most real are nothing but stories that we tell ourselves. Yeah. I got that line written down too. Yeah. It's, really it's, it's very, very good. And, um, it's like a sliver of this episode, but it's so, it was very impactful and I enjoyed it a lot and I'm excited for there to be more <clears throat> Teddy flood soon. I hope. Yeah. I think that the show, I mean, is as much as I love it and as much as I really love every character that's in here at this point, it has been missing that kind of heart and that kind of optimism that he seems to convey really well. Yeah. Like it just reminds me of how even, even Ford kind of knew, I think how to use the Teddy Dolores romance. Like when they did the whole beach scene. Yes. Um, that was at the very end of season one, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, journey into night. Journey into introduction night. Yeah. into like, the fake. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like he got it, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something about having him back. Obviously, more James Marsden is always a good thing. But <laughs> beyond yes. that, uh, Teddy just fills a, a role that the show just doesn't really seem to have otherwise. Like Caleb kind of could get there in a way, but just doesn't ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Great stuff. Yes, very good stuff. Uh, all right, next up, on route to leaving Temperance, Maeve tells Caleb that she saw his potential freedom with Uwade and left him after the lighthouse. The reason that they're in danger again is because the power surge she caused was her using the power grid to try and see him. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I feel like there was a love between both of them, and it wasn't like... Like the the first glimpse of it was literally Caleb asking her, "What does our life look like after this? Yep. What do our lives look like?" And it mm-hmm. wasn't like a, "What do we look like together? Are we going to be together?" That kind of thing. But I think that thought was in his mind, you know, yes, when he I asked agree. that question. So, yeah, I agree with you. Now, uh, we're, we're breaking ahead here, and I don't have a ton more time, so I kind of feel okay with doing it, but. The last, I have six bullet points here of everything else that happens in the rest of this episode because they kind of cross cut between right, several let's, big let's, things let's at sprint once. Sprint through it. So we've got Maeve tries to buy time for Caleb and Charloris to be extracted. She blows herself up and William, but Della's people arrive to pick up Caleb and Charloris. That's one thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Caleb manages to resist the parasite, which is apparently something that adults can do sometimes. Yes. Also important. We find out that C is Caleb's daughter, Frankie, and that she hasn't seen her dad since he left for temperance. Yep. 
Bernard digs out the weapon from the desert, and it's Maeve. Well done. Charlores is a human host hybrid of uh, Charlores is testing a human host hybrid of Caleb, and it's actually twenty three years after most of the events that we've been watching, save for Bernard and maybe Christina. So we're thirty one years in the future from season three at this point. Mm-hmm. And finally, Charlores has taken over the world with her tower outside of New York, commanding the parasitic humans. So that's a lot all at once. But what I was going to say is that you asked the question earlier of why is Hale making a Caleb? Yeah. I think Hale makes Caleb to head off Frankie, Mm -hmm. the John Connor, right? But Bernard needed to help them get Maeve because Maeve can pull Caleb off of his programming. I yeah, think that's, maybe. that's I think that's kind of what we're headed to. Cause I was like, what's the point of her making Caleb? Why does it really matter? But in the end of things, like the only thing that makes sense to me is that Frankie's out there. Hale, for some reason, knows that Frankie's out there, and Frankie's seeing her father in the flesh after she's never seen a body means that it will be a completely arresting moment for her and potentially something that could cause her to, or she could use Caleb to infiltrate the resistance, right? Either one of those things. It's a completely Caleb Caleb being alive will be disarming to Frankie in some way, whether immediate or in terms of a I'm gonna let my guard down and let you into the resistance. Yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I I don't know. Because I see too many that to me would be nonsensical because Frankie would look at him and be like, You look the exact same. And Bernard has probably already foreseen instances of a host. He seems to know everything else that's going down. So I question whether or not he knows that there's going to be a host Caleb running around in the world. Um, I also think she could just print a Caleb body and throw a, throw a pearl in it and just be like, you know, go over there and, and disarm Frankie long enough to, for me to just shoot her in the head. You know what I mean? Like, if her goal was just for him to march into the resistance and be like, hello, he, she would just do it. She would have done Caleb. it. Already. Yes. <laughs> it is me, Caleb. Hello, Francine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I think, just, I just yeah. think uh, unless you're poking, you're poking some important holes, I think. And I, I thank agree you. with you. I, am, I want to do that. I think, I think, I think I'm onto something, but I don't know what it is yet. I think so, too. I mean, I do think Hale is, I kind of mentioned this a little bit ago, but she's doing some real classic, like, mustache twirling villain shit. And hey, so she Scorpio, might. She, she, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, exactly that. Yeah, she's, she just is doing some shit. Like, I actually thought for a minute, I'm like, does she think, is this, is, is, is C's group the last bastion of like resistance? And does she have the, like the, the, the hubris at this point as like the, as the ruler of the world for the last two decades to just be like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on making a perfect copy of her dad just so I can make them both suffer (laughs) while I, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, 
if the hosts were made in our image, so to speak, are they ultimately s- fallible to the same things that we are, including like th- that degree of, of villainy, like Dr. Evil going to just leave the room while you die. <laughs> it just that honestly, that's kind of my theory because I think it, I, I said this in the discord right after we stopped recording our, uh, our bonus episode, uh, which if you haven't figured out by now, you should, I guess you should listen to it before this one. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope you did. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I think it's, it's really cool that I think the show is ultimately going to come down to Dolores versus Dolores. And it's going to be like this huge meta commentary on like the duality of man and the, and the, and the, the idea that we are ultimately our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we have, you know, our, our demons that we are confronted with and we can either choose to give into them or resist them. Uh, I think that's kind of what it's going to all come down to that be it, you know, biological human or uh, synthetic fabricated host. We all kind of suffer from the same issues of just making peace with, you know, our, 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 uh, our lesser instincts and trying to work together to, to be better than. And I think that, I don't know, I think that's kind of where thematically the show is going to come down to, which is kind of what Lost ended up aiming for in mm. its final season. It just like, I mean, it, it in my opinion, it kind of landed the plane, but like <laughs> the landing gear snapped off and the plane (laughs) yeah slid on its belly to the end of the runway and twisted and then blew up but like everyone mostly got out it's that's kind of how i feel about that show i think this show is gonna end more elegantly than that but i i think it's gonna it's getting to the point in the show where i'm okay these writers are smart enough the creators are smart enough they want to ultimately leave this show saying something there's been too many statements about the world and about humanity thus far for me to think they don't have some ultimately thesis that they want to push. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of think to me, that's where it's going to kind of go down. And I was only semi joking in our bonus episode. when I said, I want to see literally a line of good guys and a line of bad guys. And I want to see them run at each other and yeah. fight. Like yeah. I do actually want to see that because it just would be so, <laughs> so crazy. And so awesome. Like the show doesn't have to be super intellectual too much longer for me. Like I just want to see, to, I want to see like human William shooting host William and host William <laughs> shooting human William and them just ultimately just strangling each other <laughs> and, and to death. And uh, yeah, I just, I want to see, I want to see it get nasty. And um, anyway, you, you went through all your bullets of really cool stuff. The end, the last like 15, 20 minutes of this episode is so cool. There's so many awesome revelations. Uh, when it cut from Caleb to Frankie holding LeMay's thing and they basically yes. straight up say that's his daughter. I was like, cool, fucking yep. cool. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. I, I, I'm I, very much down for the show. Not, uh, if the show's going to trick me in the end, I don't want to feel it coming. You know, oh, me neither. No, no. I'm, I, uh, or, or I want to feel it coming in an episode before, like we did with some of this stuff. Like I want to be like, I want the breadcrumbs to all be yes, there. Right. Yes, but yep. I don't want to be like, I know this is fucking true. Just fucking show me already. So I'm glad that it wasn't like, guess what? C is Frankie in episode eight. That mm-hmm. would have been so dissatisfying to me. So I feel like they've learned that lesson a lot and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm very happy with it. 
And I, it does make me curious, like John was asking, what are they not, what have they not telegraphed as heavily that could be coming in the end? And I'm curious to see what it could be. The other thing that I wanted to really mention here is that uh, Erica brought up the point of like, I wanted to see the revolution, but the more that I thought about it, kind of the same thing that I arrived at at the beginning of us discussing the eight year gap. <clears throat> I think, I think Charlora's taking over the world would have been very boring because it was literally like, Hey, temperance flies go out parasites into people people go out parasites go to everybody she's got control of all the humans there mm, we go that's you know true. and it was very a to b to c and i don't think it needed to be drawn out and crazy um that said i think a montage of like here's how charlotte came to actual power among everybody or whatever they want to show in that respect i would i would very much welcome but i don't think that really getting into the nitty gritty. Like I think it's very interesting. And one of the points that I think Jonathan Nolan brought up in that, uh, in that behind the scenes that you and I watched for this episode, he very much was just kind of like the trick that we pull on you here is thinking that you're driving towards this conflict that can be solved. But it turns out that the war has already been lost from, from the beginning of the season, you know, Hale has succeeded in replacing everybody and there's nothing that anybody could do to stop that from happening now. But clearly there's still something that Bernard can do to put an end to what Hale is trying to do. So I, I, I thought that was very thoughtful and interesting. And I'm curious to see if they can land the plane as you, as you brought up with Lost. I think, uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm happy to be happy with Westworld again. I'm. I didn't think I was going to get there, you know, and I'm very happy that we continue to do the show because I very much could have been like, you've got a new baby. I've got a new baby. Yep. We don't need to talk about season four of Westworld, but I'm glad that they showed up and that we showed up. I'm very happy so far. I hope, uh, I hope the next four episodes really, <clears throat> really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for the next four. I think, yeah, there, there is, there is more to say, but I just want to get in one more bullet point. Um, I think Maeve, Maeve's line about mortality when she's talking to William, how she'd never had any like really experience with it or regard for it mm -hmm. until like she had met and worked alongside Caleb. And I think fallen in love with Caleb, uh, John made a point about Maeve having no real reason for existing. And I think that, we kind of see it now that she, she has a respect and an understanding for mortality now and the, the value of life um, for humans. And it's kind of almost like the Dr. Manhattan revolution, not to again, mention Dr. Manhattan, but also when she, um, when she holds William and she says, see you in the next life, darling. And she's looking at Caleb. I was like, oh. she's saying that to Caleb yes. and that fucking rocks. Cause I think, I hope that host, Maeve and human host hybrid Caleb, who is Caleb essentially like, I hope that they wind up together now that he can also be a host and like live that same existence. Cause I think now we've reached a point <clears throat> I see now to me, the ultimate importance of season three was getting to uh, grow with Caleb and get to know Caleb because now 
that he's dead. I mean, human Caleb is dead. Like Caleb got mm-hmm. f- f- murdered by Delos, uh, which is very sad because he didn't get to fulfill his potential in Dolores's eyes, I think is like the savior of, of mankind sort of, uh, which I think was kind of not greatly set up and necessarily executed. But I think that where he landed is ultimately really cool. But host human host Caleb for all intents and purposes is Caleb. Like he has the same memories and everything. So just because he's in like a new body, does that make him different? We're kind of getting to almost into that ship of Theseus. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, but I'm really excited to see where it goes when he meets Maeve. Yes. Uh, and to see what kind of sparks fly as, as they reunite. I think that's really cool. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just going to be so good. <laughs> I think it's going to be so I'm good. Right there with you. And I'm happy that we're, we're, we're here together yeah. holding hands virtually. We're both holding one of Teddy's firm buttocks. <laughs> he needs those. He needs to run around and and get shit we need done. Them. We need I think them I think we're gonna see Teddy. <laughs> I think Teddy and Stubbs are gonna team up. We're gonna see a cool like Teddy and Stubbs Tango and Cash scenario. It's gonna be sweet. Also, I have one note, one just one line that just says "beefy fan operator" because that big beefy dude. <laughs> Who's aiming the fan? He's got to get in the shit too. He's got to mix it oh, up. Yeah. I was like, "Who's that guy?" Beefy <laughs> fan guy. Get the beefy fan operator in there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, all this is so good. It's just so good. You know, there 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 were a couple. There was some song lyrics stuck in my head last night. I was trying to just now. I was googling it, trying to remember what song it was. Where somebody talks about the the world being taken over, like while no one's paying attention. It was. Some, I'm paraphrasing it. I think it's Leonard Cohen, but I can't track it down right now. Um, but that's what I thought of to your point about not seeing the revolution happen because it's been happening and nobody mm-hmm. was paying attention and nobody was doing anything to stop it. And it was really boring. It was exa- just exactly. Yep. Yeah. Someone just flipped a switch and suddenly, you know, there it is. Oh, we've been, someone's been planting the seeds to take over all this time and all the warning signs were there, but nobody was doing anything about it. Absolutely. Too many people stood by and let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah, I, I think there's parts of me that feel like there is something interesting in both of the gaps to really understand what happened. Um, maybe leaving it a mystery is ultimately better for the show. Yeah. But, um, it's kind of cool. Curious. It is kind of cool to like have them just be like, that happened. You don't need yeah. to see it. It just happened. And, and yeah, now guess here's what? where we're at. This is where we are now. Yeah. This is what we want to deal with. I'm kind of weirdly okay with it. And honestly, you know, the interesting thing is I feel like they learned they could do this because it's exactly what for all mankind does on Apple TV plus. Ooh, say no more. Cause I, I want to watch yeah, that. I'm not going to tell you anymore, okay. but I think it's something that for me and maybe people can write in, but if you think there's anything in the commonalities between this season of Westworld and the show for all mankind that you have seen in other TV shows, please write in. Cause I want to watch those TV shows. But anyway, yeah, I think that's all we have time for this week. Uh, obviously there was a lot at the end there, but I think we're going to have a lot more to chew on in the next couple episodes with regards to all of that stuff. So I'm excited for more Westworld to come out. Mm-hmm. Once again, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld.fm. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Podcasts. You can email us at WestworldFM at gmail.com to send in corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. 
The Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows about video games, horror movies, and more. Check out all of our shows at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is the song Industrial Cinematic by Kevin McLeod, and it is being used under an Attribution Creative Commons license. That's it for our episode this week. We're excited for the next episode of Westworld, and we'll have another episode of our podcast out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber. (laughs) 